we want to do something in sport we want to promote sport in india we want to get in and get our hands dirty and we don't want to be the corporate house that is pointing fingers at the poor state of affairs in indian sport what can we do this is the sports tech all-stars podcast showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Ron Malhotra. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. This is your host, Ron, feeling slightly under the weather, so excuse my voice if it sounds a bit off. I've got a cold, but maybe it sounds better. Uh, who knows? We'll see this later. But today I'm actually going to talk about home. In fact, this is something that I've been dying to do and present what is happening in my beautiful city of Bangalore, which is also where, by the way, Sports Tech X uh, has a team. Avid listeners of this podcast will know that. But Bangalore is a beautiful, big sporting city. And from there, our home team, my home team, BFC, Bengaluru FC, who have been quite stellar, I have to say, since they were formed in, I think, 2013 and have won multiple league titles in the I-League and the ISL formats, a really successful football team. And a lot of that success, probably all of it, you could say, came from the founding members, right? It's a company called JSW, Jindal Steelworks. They're a business conglomerate based out of India, who then, at some point in time in the early 2010s, decided to invest in sports. And what a fantastic decision that has been for Indian sports. Not only did JSW form Bengaluru FC, they eventually also set up a Kabaddi team, uh, the Haryana Steelers, and brought into their portfolio the Delhi Capitals, the IPL team, which has also become a shining light in terms of promoting youth and youngsters. Now, JSW Sports has done a lot, and I'm really excited to have the CEO of JSW Sports, Mustafa Gauss, on our show today. Welcome to the show, Mustafa. Thanks, Ron. Really excited to be here and chat with everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's my idea, to present a little nugget of home to our audience with Sports Tech. So first, we're going to talk a bit about JSW Sports and especially what you guys are doing on Sports Tech and innovation. You've launched an accelerator program, which is really exciting news. Again, you guys are leading from the front in terms of setting the conversation when it comes to sports uh, and innovation in India. But before I get there, I want to know about you. Mustafa, what, how did you end up becoming CEO of what has become the benchmark for sports in India? <laughs> I don't know if you have 45 minutes for that, Don. <laughs> to be honest, it's been a great journey. I, I guess sport has been in the blood from as long as I can remember. I was fortunate or lucky to be born into a family that was obsessed with tennis. And from the time I was probably three or four years old, have been handed a tennis racket and uh, Instead of causing havoc in the house, I was sent on the tennis courts to burn whatever energy I had. And this, I believe there was a lot of that. Fell in love with the sport, got obsessed with it, got good at it, became a career. Was decent in my junior years, but got a lot better as I transitioned into the seniors. And uh, you know, one was got the opportunity to win nationals in 2000, got a break into the Indian team, went to two Asian games, on the Indian Davis Cup team 
won a bronze in the 2002 game. So tennis and sport has been basically everything I've known and done for, I would say, more part of my my life than the other way around. Yeah, thereafter, towards the end of 2008-2009, felt like I had had enough of that, wanted to come back to India, was tired of living out of a suitcase and going from hotel room to hotel room for 40 plus weeks in the year. Came back and uh, wanted to explore other avenues in sport. Sports management was just starting off, I would say, at that stage in India. It was actually more like events companies were managing talent. It was not a very structured approach that was in place. But uh, spent a couple of years at a sports management firm, which is owned and uh, run by a, a dear friend, Mahesh Bhupati, who's also a very, very successful tennis player. And so he's a senior, he's a mentor, he's someone I lean on for a lot of my decisions. So he kind of gave me that opportunity to kind of sit on the other side of the table, so to say. That further led to a meeting with the Jindal family. Like you rightly said, it was the summer of 2012. In fact, Mahesh was the one who introduced me to them. We had coffee at their house and they said exactly what uh, you mentioned in our introduction. We want to do something in sport. We want to promote sport in India. We want to get in and get our hands dirty. And we don't want to be the corporate house that is pointing fingers at the poor state of affairs in Indian sport. What can we do? Obviously, at that stage, when you presented with such a blank canvas, you need a little bit of time to process and come back with a plan. And that's what we did. We took some time. I came back with a clear plan. Initially, the intent was on Olympic sport because even though in 2012, India had had our best ever Olympics with six medals in London, it still does not match up to the potential that we have in the country and the, the scale of our country. You know, I mean, we're strong believers that all great nations are very, very strong sporting nations as well. The Olympic program was the first that we kicked off, which was broken up into two parts. We had a smaller elite program where we were funding and supporting athletes and mentoring them to get ready for the Rio Olympics in 2016. And from a group of 30 athletes, we managed to get 12 of them to qualify for Rio. And Sakshi Malik went on to win one of the two medals that India won at the Games, which was a huge, huge high for all of us to see that happen. And Bath, Mr. Jindal, myself, we were all in Rio at that time. And it was a crazy, crazy experience. The second part of that was the gap that I presented in terms of Indian athletes in the very crucial phase of 12 to 18 years do not get the type of exposure and, and advice and guidance and training that athletes in other parts of the world get. And that's a very crucial age bracket when you're deciding whether you want to be a professional footballer, cricketer, boxer, track and field athlete, anything. 12 to 18 is when you kind of have either your best foundation years or you fall by the wayside. And unfortunately, and I've experienced this in my tennis journey, more than not fall by the wayside. I pitched this idea that we need an Olympic training center. We need a base where we can have these athletes come in and get what they need, along with a very solid education, obviously. Be able to decide and we as an organization be able to also identify whether they have it in them to go on to the next phase. If not, they have a solid education and they can transition into other aspects that they choose. They like the idea. The idea was greenlit. We've spent a good two and a half years thereafter in construction and setting things up studying some of the best facilities in the world, interacting with experts. In uh, 
2018 in August, on 15th of August, we officially inaugurated the Inspire Institute of Sport. So that was from the Olympic side of things. While this whole process was going on, obviously a lot of opportunities kept coming our way. Football was another very important sport for us in our thought process. Everyone's... Mustafa, sorry, before we jump onto, onto football and the other sports yeah. that we really want to talk about, let, let's unpack what we've got here because that itself is such a powerful, fantastic story. Number one, don't undersell yourself. This guy is a bona fide sportsman, ladies and gentlemen. He's, uh, I mean, ATP rank player, played at the Davis Cup, as he said, Asian Games. So let's get that out of the way. Number two, Mahesh Bhupati is a legend of Indian tennis, multiple Grand Slam winner in across doubles and mixed doubles titles. So we're talking about really the elite of Indian sports. Global Sport, the, the company that you mentioned, which eventually uh, led to the opportunity of working with JSW. And number three, the Olympics itself. Let's hang on here for a second because I woke up with the, with the solid news that India just got their second medal. Yes, absolutely. It might not sound like a lot to get their second guaranteed medal. We don't know which one it is yet. It might not sound like a lot, second medal and all that. But these are proud moments. Uh, we, we got a silver earlier. So it's great to see your investments and initiatives come to fruition in this way, in whichever way you all contributed to the success. I'm sure there's been a, part, a role to play. So that's fantastic that JSW first, took that step because I think that's such a huge step to say, hey, we want to get it done, get it done right. So they first went with the Olympics and invested there. And now let's come to, let's say, maybe the highlights, certainly for me personally, which was uh, the football and the cricket. And where did those come from? So, yeah, like, I mean, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Uh, we really went in with uh, let's roll our sleeves up and get get into the thick of this. Olympics will always be a very central point in, in everything that, we do as a group has been and will continue to be. So to jump in, yeah, to go into the other aspects, similar situation, football continued to remain a very important sport in our thought process. It's amongst the biggest sports in the world, as we all know. And I mean, even if we're talking 2012-13, India was very low ranked when it came to you know the FIFA rankings and we could not understand and accept that that is where our talent actually lies but after speaking to people understanding what everything was all about it seemed like the best way to go about this was to set up our own football team and try and be the funnel the channel for supplying more and more players into the national squad was football this first sport that you said that, okay, we want to tackle football first. I mean, traditionally, it's always cricket. And by then, by 2012, the IPL was already up and running. So the Olympic program was number one, where right, we had course. identified four or five sports. There was athletics, there was boxing, there was wrestling, there was judo, and there was swimming. Uh, these are the five sports. And we have stuck to those five sports from day one. We've not added anything on though we work very closely with a few federations as their high performance partners mm -hmm. uh, the, we are the high performance partners of the national Sh rifle uh, association so the shooting team works very closely with us we are the high performance partners for boxing federation of india and they work extremely closely with us as well but from a institute perspective we are focused on these five sports and uh, we've not deviated from that from day one but from a team perspective football was number one we were kind of always is very clear that we will look at cricket down the road right. cricket already is in a good place there is su sufficient funding india has a solid platform everything is in, in in a much much better position than other sports which don't have you know corporates backing them 
does not have professionals looking into the management side of things and building out these sports. So from that perspective, football was number one on the list. And that's the first team that we set up and invested in. And uh, yeah, Bangalore was our first choice as a, as a host city. We didn't we saw that Bangalore didn't have a football team. Historically, Bangalore and Karnataka had a very good track record. If you went back to the 60s and 70s, it used to primarily be Bengal and Karnataka that were providing you a large portion of your national team. But then somewhere along the way, I think Karnataka lost its way. And while Bengal, Kerala... Goa started providing new players that went into the national squad. So we saw that there was a history. You know this as well. Also, I would assume the fact that there's a ready fan base which is starved of a good football team. That must have been a big factor as well. Yeah, so all the research that we did yeah. talked extensively about the number of local teams that were there, the number of division structure that is already in place, how... So many of the Premier League clubs and European clubs have their largest India fan bases in Bangalore. Right. The fact that it's there's such a large college crowd in the city, which is what you're going to be looking to target. So you didn't have to educate about the sport as such. And it, it really helped that the, the football stadium, however, in whatever shape or form it is, is pretty much bang in the heart of the city. You know, accessibility to games is is also a very big positive. Such a strange one, sorry. But I, I remember it was up until only after Bengaluru FC started to play that I realized that that was the football stadium. What you're saying is it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bang in the city. It was like five minutes from my college. Yeah. And I went there for three years at St. Joseph's. Yeah. And I lived in Bangalore for probably, what, 10, 15 years before that. Yeah. And I didn't know that the football stadium was right there in the center of the city. Incredible. So that was that that was a huge positive. You know, I mean, we all know that access to games is, is always a hurdle that a lot of teams mm-hmm. face. You know, when the stadiums are out of the city, even if the stadiums are really nice, I, I think uh, a City like Pune is a is a really good example. They have a lovely stadium right. there, you know, very nice, cozy, fifteen thousand seater. But it's outside the city, so you always have this task of filling it up. So yeah, Bangalore seemed like a very very good fit for us. There's also a very strong connect from a group perspective. JSW's maximum investments are in the state of Karnataka. Our largest steel plant is outside Bangalore in Bellari. Mr. Jindal went to engineering college there, so he knows the city inside out. It was a very, very clear fit. And also from the All India Football Federation perspective, they were keen that we pick a city in the south because the west was quite congested with Maharashtra and Goa, you know, having multiple teams. And uh, east had their sets of teams with the whole Calcutta Giants. And there were a few teams out of the Northeast, etc. So they were either giving us an option of a Delhi uh, or some city in the North or go to Bangalore. Nah, no, no contest. This is our own version of football is coming home. That's what happened. Exactly. So we, 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 it was a very easy fit for us in that perspective. And yeah, I think we really enjoyed setting the team up. It was quite a journey. It has been a journey from then on. But got the team in, in July of 2013. First game was in September. Pretty much no players available at that time. Everyone had started forming their teams. So didn't have much to choose from. 
But yeah, I think uh, credit to Ashley Westwood and Pradyum Reddy and the entire coaching staff of the first few years. Mandar Tamane played a huge role in scouting and securing the rest of the Indian squad. The rest is history, I guess. Absolutely. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you have uh, Sunil Chetri in the first season itself? Yeah, we had Sunil from year one. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, India captain because I remember yes. you guys came out with a bang. It's not like this little team appeared out of out of nowhere. No, no. Bangalore FC came as announced and captain of India is playing for us and we had a decent lineup. I think Sean Rooney yeah. and we had some good internationals yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great memories of that first season. I think the difference has, was that uh, we had a very clear vision and a clear pathway that we set with everything that we've done so far. It was very important for a group of JSW's stature to, to make a statement. We were not getting into this just to kind of dabble around and see how things go. We didn't expect to win in year one. <laughs> Let's be very frank and honest about that. We had a three-year plan to be a very competitive squad. And all of that credit goes to the boys and to the coaching staff on how they were able to turn it around. But the intent was there from the word go. I don't know if you were around when we inaugurated the team, when we launched our jersey. Everything was done with an intent of making a statement and wanting to promote Indian football and showing that Indian football is not just something that people do just for the fun of it. Having a media team, having a a marketing team, having ticketing sold online, all these things were unheard of. Right. In, in Indian football, we didn't back off from, from any of it. We made sure that we had sufficient budgets in place. We made sure we gave enough importance to it to build a community and to promote Indian football. The bottom line and the mandate basically given to the entire team, Kunal and his whole crew, was that we had to make Indian football cool. We had to make it fun for everyone to support Bengaluru FC from day one and not be embarrassed about their local football team. Right? You can continue to support whoever you want in the Premier League or in the La Liga or Bundesliga or wherever else you want to but that doesn't stop you from having your home team which you bleed for so that was the idea i think we've been pretty successful and let me tell you how successful just for our listeners uh, so bfc has played it's eight years of existence four seasons in the i league and four seasons in the isl we won't get into the differences basically the indian football landscape changed a bit but in the i league Winners in two out of the four seasons. In the ISL, reached the playoffs in three out of the four seasons. Runner-up once, winner once. I mean, that's a great record. Fed Cup, that's our uh, cup tournament. Three times winners. Done really well in the AFC Cup as well. So, fantastic performance. The BFC, I could go on and on, but we've talked a lot about uh, the BFC. We haven't even touched the West Block Blues, which are the biggest fan group in India. The most vociferous, the most passionate, regularly winning uh, the best fan club award but we moved on from bfc as well we quickly touch upon picked up the haryana steelers in a, at a fast growing kabaddi league and then you actually made your jump into the ipl which was the grandest stage of them all in it with a team uh, the delhi team which hadn't traditionally but done much and now i think with since you guys took it over you've made the playoffs again every year haven't you yeah there you go i think kabaddi seemed like a logical next step we were offered a team in 2013 when the league was launched but there was too much going on for us uh, at that stage to even look at it and to understand it in the detail that is needed to run and own a a franchise. So we kind of passed at that stage, but very quickly we realized that this is a solid platform and the excitement 
of taking a very, very rural Indian sport and making it cool, global, front and center, prime time on Star Sports was something extremely exciting for us. And we made sure that the league management and owners knew that at any point of time when there was expansion plans that we got a call and that's kind of how it played out they were looking to expand the league and bring in four new teams and we bid for one of them and the Haryana team is what we focused on and yeah it's been great we've had two playoffs out of three years that we've participated love every minute of it it's a great sport I don't know how many of your European listeners have had the opportunity of watching Kabaddi it's very fast paced it's barely 40-45 minutes a game so there's something happening every minute lot of action not very technical so easy for everyone to understand and it's great we love it we're excited the season is scheduled had a bit of a break because of the pandemic but the season is scheduled for december and we're already excited that it's back on yeah that was the kabaddi thought process and journey and then you know at that stage itself Ron, we kind of realized that now we're a very very serious player in the sports ecosystem in india we cannot stay away from from cricket anymore and we want to be part of the biggest and most successful league that india has and is comparable to some of the most successful leagues in the world it's a very close group with only eight franchises at once i mean and there was not much talk at that stage of adding on franchises though that is the conversation that that's happening now in the within the ipl so we reached out to the promoters of the delhi franchise and uh, we were able to work a deal with them yeah it's been great we have 50 50 partners in that and have worked very closely with them to uh, rebrand the team bring in fresh ideas bring in a fresh perspective on things shake it up a little bit you know be able to turn it around 2019 was our first season being actively involved where the team made the playoffs and finished third 2020 season we made the finals losing out to the mumbai indians which is the most successful ipl team since you know 2008 and uh, now the season kind of took a break we are sitting at the top of the table with expectation to restart in september and hopefully fingers crossed can go the distance this time it's been a very good learning experience with the ipl considering the scale of operations the platform that that it provided and uh, you know just the, the magnitude of the league Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. there's any points to be given for execution, you guys get full on all fronts. I mean, the way you guys have executed in, in all, no, seriously, in all, all three sports, whatever field you've entered, kudos to you and the team. Quick context for audience, Kabaddi is a sport you have to check out. Anybody who hasn't seen it, please go to YouTube, K-A-B-A-D-D-I. The Indian Kabaddi League is fantastic to watch and the IPL as well, consistently one of the richest uh, sporting leagues in the world. Just for, I'll give you one stat, I don't want to bore you too much. But uh, the IPL last year, when it opened, on the first day, I think there were 200 million viewers. Yeah. It was the biggest opening day viewership for any sports league anywhere in the world at any point in time. That is the scale of the IPL and the kind of audience and revenue that it can generate. So we're talking about literally the grandest stage of them all. Okay, perfect. So we set the context really well. We've taken a lot of time to do that, but I think it was important that we spent that time. 
Now, as we've always said, you guys really execute well. I want to talk about what your plans are that you're executing on the sports tech side, because that is so important for me as well. That you guys launched a sports tech accelerator program. This was in partnership with India Accelerator. This was a couple of months ago. Let's talk about that, Mustafa. Yeah, so I think we always wanted to do this. It's just that we've had our hands full with many, many projects all running in different directions. But I guess the pandemic and, you know, the leagues all being in a bit of a standstill gave us time to start picking up the pieces on these these ideas and these thoughts. The team at India Accelerator have been very good, like-minded. In fact, helping us understand this a lot more better than we are equipped with internally. And uh, yeah, we launched this a couple of months ago. We're still in the process of finalizing all our uh, you know, startups. Has application phase closed? It's not closed. We still have, I think, a week or so of it to go. But we've been screening for a while. And we've got five or six that we've shortlisted already that we are going to start working with. If any of your listeners are interested, they are more than welcome to to write in to the India Accelerator team. We're going to start working closely with them because I'm very excited about this space. I think there's a lot of cool stuff happening. It's just getting started in India. While uh, there's a lot that goes on globally, I don't think India has even gotten to the starting line when it comes to tech in, in the sports space. Yeah, absolutely. A long way to go. We've seen this, something that I've talked about for a while on the show and through our other content. Uh, there are a couple of stories in India that are being told, which is primarily around fantasy sports and around fitness, but the rest of the ecosystem needs to, needs to buck up, I guess. And it will. And it's guys like you and guys like JSW Sports it's important to see these initiatives because you need that supporting, the support in the ecosystem, the startups. Absolutely right, Ron. Absolutely right. I mean, yes, like you rightly said, fantasy sports uh, with great effort by the founding team and Dream11 and then the others that have followed suit, MPL and My11 Circle, etc., are extremely well-funded and are doing very well. But I think the rest of the ecosystem, yes, the fitness and health and wellness space has also got some traction, but I think there's a lot more to it. Absolutely. Okay, so before we move past this, uh, quickly on the initiative as well, uh, what kind of startups are you looking for and how do you work with them? Are you Do you take equity? Uh, is it just an incubator program? A little bit details about how the program is structured. We have not gone into, in terms of specifics, in terms of the sectors that they are keen to look at. So you're open. You're open. We are very open. We have guys that are talking about performance analysis and analytics platforms. We've got some guys that are talking about fantasy in different shapes and forms we've got a couple of guys that are talking about just in terms of ai for broadcasting augmented reality vr all sorts of stuff so it's a whole whole host of startups to be honest that we are working with we do as part of the structure that ia has and they follow with all the other programs there is equity that is provided for us coming in and mentoring and guiding and there is possibilities of us further investing in these startups if we are seeing what we uh, like and they look like ones that we would be looking to back. Maybe they have some integrated opportunities within our businesses. would look at it from all those angles as well. Fantastic. It's a blank canvas. Blue ocean is, uh, you could say in a way, the Indian market right now. 
I would like to say that it's, some, it's, I guess, in some sense, what we did with the Olympic program, where it was absolutely blank and we had to kind of find our way and, and figure out the best way to go about it. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Fantastic. And I think this is, we always talk about what does an ecosystem need to develop? And while startups, yeah, of course, it needs startups, but India has never been short of startups. In fact, when we do our research, India consistently ranks in number two or three in the world when it comes to number of startups, yeah. uh, number of sports tech related startups, let's be specific. Yeah. But the problem is that either the startups are, I mean, they either don't get a voice or get enough eyeballs or the sports that they focus on on developed. Or one of the biggest problems that I've seen is that a lot of startups are in one space, which is usually the booking and matchmaking, connecting you to your local playground into uh, or local court or arena yeah. and connecting some players. And too, that space is almost overcrowded while there are others, so many more interesting spaces to cover. So, which is why in, in initiatives like this or events, uh, a sports tech conference, for example, I mean, these are things that are coming up in India, which is great to see. And great to see that you guys are playing such a key role in that as well. So on the initiative, we'll drop some links in the description uh, of this episode. So please make sure to check it out if you're a startup and want to apply or if you just want to know more about this initiative. Moving on to the formation, you mentioned that you've already got a few companies that you've kind of shortlisted. Maybe talk about some successes that you've had already or is that still a ways away? Still a bit early, to be honest, John. Uh, we've, we've just started working with them. In fact, you know, just closing term sheets and, and, uh, and really now putting our plans in place of working closely with them over the next six to eight months so hey man if you're closing ter term sheets that's a success i'm super happy to hear that <laughs> no that yes if that yes then you can you can count that in but we are uh, going to really start working with them now and uh, i think Maybe if we have another chat in a few months, I'll be better positioned to to give you success stories. Nice. I think the fact that the initiative exists itself, and as you said, you've already got a few companies that you're keen to kick on with. I mean, because these are the opportunities that these startups are looking for to create pilots and or a bit of funding and see where they go. Uh, let me ask you a different question then, which is a bit broader. I mean, sports tech in India, as we've talked about, is still super nascent, long ways to go, and there are many reasons for it. But from your perspective, uh, what are the biggest challenges challenges you faced either in setting up this initiative and also broadly with sports tech in India in general? What are the what are the issues? Why hasn't it grown out as yet? I think the it's it's it all clubbed under the the entire sporting nation kind of challenge, right? That we right. face in in India. It's you're not encouraged. That's the bottom line, right? I mean, you're not encouraged to play. You're not encouraged to pursue it as a professional career um you're not encouraged to pursue it as a, a corporate career either if you're talking about the number of big business houses that run sports businesses compared to any other part of the world the numbers will be very minimal it is part of the entire india has to grow as a sporting nation challenge that that we all are looking to answer and that's how i i see it if young 22 24 year olds are not encouraged to pursue a sports tech startup and do not get support, whether it is initially with their family and friends or with their initial in seed investors or angels, they're not going to get off the ground. Yeah. And those ideas will, will always remain ideas. Whereas if they have a fintech idea or they have a medtech idea, they're all going to get that support. So it's important that we, we take that first step and be in a position to start supporting these guys. 
and their ideas because we all know how big it is and how big it can get as as an industry definitely a first step is the hardest situation i'll take a second to, to talk about it from my perspective because i very similarly faced this issue in 2016 when i was stepping out of almamata my previous startup uh, which yeah was we, we did all right we were well known across the country we actually did some work with bfc as well yes i was very proud to do but at 2017 which is not long ago i was exploring the sports industry because as a passionate fan you're looking at where to go and there were a handful of probably on the corporate side of companies where you could say hey maybe those would be interesting global sport is one ing uh, reliance maybe another as you said right at the top of the episode on the talent management side there are some agencies uh, quan in them but not really that much and then on the on the sports tech side which is a topic i could see was kind of growing in europe and in north america especially the us there wasn't that much in india and that was my goal when i stepped out uh, of india in 2017 early 18 which was that hey maybe this is something that we can develop uh, back home and over a period of time yes it'll take a few years and yes the ecosystem has to build and that was the feeling that i got then but i would definitely say over the last 2 3 years i've seen that change uh, from a bit externally and i'm sure you have as well yeah we're not encouraged in india traditionally but it's beginning to see the seeds of change take bloom with more parents investing in in their children's sports and more sports tech uh, being taken seriously so that's really encouraging for me to see do you share that uh, optimism absolutely right i don't think people would have got the type of support that they would they are getting now and every time i talk to just general community is about what's happening in the sports space everyone is very intrigued and very keen to understand more and very open to it it's no longer a, yeah yeah it's okay you know let's let's get on to the real stuff yeah so i think i think uh, they we will see a huge shift in the next few years with a lot more happening in in india i can also point out because we we look at it from the data side investment in sports tech in india is really ramping up in 2021 already and in 2020 india overtook china as the biggest sports tech investor when i say investment it's in startups uh, in asia which is yeah that's absolutely. a big deal because china was number 2 in the world yeah. uh, and in 2021 that holds true again i think china is still maybe recovering uh, from the covid related issues and that but india is taking giant steps forward in that direction we're definitely doing that and i think a lot of credit goes to fantasy platforms that have kind of broken through that glass ceiling they've set the agenda yes yeah they have and they've made everyone believe that there is something in it there is some light and um, the type of funding that they've been able to raise has definitely set the context for smaller players to start across the sector yeah absolutely before we move on a quick shout out to somebody you might know actually samir gujjar who also spent some time at global sport he was the one that i spoke to at the start of my journey for 3 4 years ago and i was talking about hey what's what should i do in sports and he kind of was a bit of a guiding light nice and yeah it's people like this who, who help drive the conversation even passively or more actively as you guys are doing so we've we've talked about a lot of what's happening in the ecosystem right now quickly what's next uh, what's next for you guys i mean you've got this accelerator program which of course i'm sure you're looking forward to actually going live with uh, the initiatives you're running with startups anything else that's in the pipeline i think we have our hands full to be honest i don't know if i yeah, maybe more sports teams i don't know are you, you guys launching in tennis or badminton or something i can't i can't juggle more balls man right now <laughs> 
I think every team has their path chalked out for the next few years. It's a lot about bouncing back from the last couple of years. The IPL agenda is very clearly chalked out. We have some very big years ahead of us. With football, we didn't have the best of seasons last year, so we have to bounce back and get cracking. On that one, Kabaddi has had a year and a half of no action. So that season is going to be, you know, kicking off and that's exciting. While we are very, you know, gung-ho about everything that's going on in Tokyo, actually for us, the Paris Olympics in 24 was our first goal because that was the time frame we set out for ourselves for our Olympic program to really bear fruit. We have a very important three years ahead of us in that. So yeah, we are we are doing stuff. We are we are looking at expanding our footprint in all the four or five key verticals. We have centers planned in different parts of the country that we will be inaugurating announcing very soon. Yeah, I mean as of now I think this is it in terms of franchise ownership hopefully we can give a little bit more time and resources to the accelerator program and the startup space but i think we've got enough going man uh, that's it focus <laughs> focus leads to good execution that's what you guys have done so well and long may it continue no also just to touch on that i love the long-term vision i mean you set up that your olympic initiative many years ago and the fact that it was paris 24 which was your target you know your life that you were trying to hit speaks volumes to the vision that you guys have created fantastic thank you all right Mustafa last question and this is my favorite one I always end with this because as we're clearly established we're all sports fans at heart and it's our privilege and joy to work in the sports industry so I always want to know what has been your favorite sporting moment might be as a fan or maybe even as an athlete I'm sure you've had some stunning moments in your career as a professional tennis player. But yeah, wherever you want to go with that, your favorite sporting moment. Tough to pick one. Very, very tough to pick one. You can take two or three, man. I'll pick a couple on either side of the 2008-2009 transition. I'd say as a player, um, winning nationals, in Calcutta on the grass courts at South Club was a big, big goal. And, and that was a very special moment for me. And uh, winning an Asian Games bronze medal in Korea was also a very, very big deal. So I would pick those two from a tennis perspective. As part of our JSW sports journey, uh, like I mentioned, winning a medal with Sakshi at the Rio Olympics, is it still gives me goosebumps. Hopefully, we have something in store for us over the next few days in Tokyo, though it's difficult when you're sitting here and not there in person. I think that would be one of the key highlights. And I always circle around to our first season at BFC. It was just Cinderella story. It was magic. For us. It was magic. Yeah, it, it was. It was. And it was magic across the board. Right? It was not just that the team did well. We we kind of aced it in every department, set a very high benchmark for ourselves. The 2013 season with BFC also was, was right up there. Fantastic. Great memories. I remember for that 13th season, first season that BFC in its existence won the ISL. Where does that happen? Yeah. And I was fortunate to participate in a small way. <laughs> My previous company, Alma Mata, we actually did the victory t-shirts for you guys. Yes. So the, the victory lap that uh, the team took on, on an open top bus and stuff, and we, we made the champions t-shirts. I have mine back home as well. Great memories. <laughs> Thanks for reviving them, Mustafa. As you said in your closing statement, you set the benchmark for yourselves and that's exactly what you've done. And I'm super confident that you guys have hit it and continue to push that benchmark even further. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We've run long, 
but I think it's been worth it. Really enjoyed this chat. I hope your listeners enjoyed as well. And uh, yeah, look forward to chatting more in the future. Absolutely. We'll keep track of all the news. You can all follow everything that JSW Sports and their, especially the Accelerator program gets up to on our Sports Tech Network uh, or Sports Tech X uh, channels, our LinkedIn group and all our other content platforms. All right, that is it for this episode. It really was fun to take, bring a little piece of home into STX. Such fantastic memories of going to the stadium and supporting BFC, and now to see JSW Sports flourish even more and see them take on sports tech and see that grow in India. That's an exciting time. As far as we're concerned, we're continuing to grow as well. HST Shop is something that I've mentioned before. It's our latest offering, hellosportstech.com shop, where you have a catalog of about, I think, nearly 500 sports tech products that we have curated and brought to you. Why? Because we're nice guys. We like doing stuff like that. It's just a place where you can filter for different sports that you might follow, uh, different tags that you might use, AI, wearables, etc., and find a product that maybe you like. And it also gives you a link to go to the actual website of the company and purchase the product if you want to. But that's what it is. It's a little catalog of the best sports tech products out there sportstech.com slash shop go check it out see you guys thanks for listening to the sports tech all-stars podcast with roan maholtra if you like our show let us know and leave a review and if you want to know more about us check out sportstechx.com where you can find our latest industry reports and updates for a deeper dive into all things sports tech check out our comprehensive database sports tech db at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportstechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.